Welcome to the 282nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on April 30th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's living for the weekend, Carlos Rodella. Yes, it's the weekend, baby, and we're recording a podcast on a weekend because we can't keep a schedule. It's weird. I it's it's strange that we're doing this, folks. We usually record like, you know, we were doing like Wednesday for a while. We were doing Thursday for a while, and then it was like sometimes Friday. Now it's like whenever. Like, <laughs> it's we whenever now. Whenever it feels weird to not have it be on a regular day, but. I guess you got to just roll, go with the flow, right? Go with the flow. And uh, the funny thing is, it kind of worked out perfectly. I think we both have these uh, three small games we wanted to talk about. And I finished up, uh, you know, kind of playing a couple of them. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk on a Saturday. All right. Well, it is a Saturday and we are talking. I say let's get right into it and let's just start this show. Folks, anybody who knows this show, anybody who knows us, knows that we share a virtual living space, Carlos and I. Live in a giant virtual house split down the middle with a strip of duct tape. This is the housekeeping section. On my side, just a couple little bits. Carlos, what you got on your side this week? Uh, first of all, I just want to say that Death Trash, a game that we both love. Oh, I love Death Trash. Just got an update, and it has a little bit of new content. I know that you're going to like steer clear because you want to play it when it's finished. Yeah, I only finished for me. Yeah, but if anybody else is out there liked it like we did uh, and is like into playing early stuff and trying stuff out early... Uh, it's up right now. There's like, I think an update uh, that just came out. So check it out if you like Death Trash. I also really want the final game. Oh, man, I'm but. psyched, dude. I love the demo. And I will say also, I follow that guy on Twitter. I forget what his name is. I apologize. Um, but I, I see his icon come up on Twitter. So I always know it's that guy, right? And man, following his feed is like pretty entertaining. It's not necessarily that he's like jokester or anything, but he like he kind of keeps like this real time stream of consciousness consciousness as he's like developing and when people talk shit to him he like kind of comments on it and it's kind of like getting a pretty good look inside a developer's head you know to me what seems pretty unfiltered so i've i've been enjoying his twitter feed quite a bit yeah i dig it uh stefan is that right that sounds correct but I i'm not 100 sure okay anyways yeah so i saw 16 hours ago death trash uh april update is available and live on all stores new work in progress content new energy weapons combat enhancements etc so yeah, I, pl- I blew through that demo. Like, I played every piece of content that I had. You were addicted, dude. You, yeah. you played the hell out of that thing. I played every piece that they had. And now that there's more of it. So, I don't know. I might go check it out. Because I... Well, yeah, I know you're waiting. I'm waiting, but man, I am psyched. That is, like, near the very top, if not the top, of my most anticipated list right now. So, if you haven't checked out Death Trash, go check out Death Trash. Is that demo still available? Or I guess you could just play the early access version now, huh? Yeah, yeah, you can play the early access. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, all right, and it Check is Stefan, Stefan or Stefan, something. Yeah, nice guy though. All right, what else you got? Uh, bu- 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 well, I just kind of wanted to say this out loud to somebody, and I guess I'll tell the whole podcast. And <laughs> I you. guess I'm somebody, and then so are the you are somebody, sure. and everybody's somebody. No, that's why I said it. That's why I'm saying it on the okay, show. Okay, all right. You're all somebody. That's good. Um, all right, confirmed. Yes. I don't think I can go back. This is crazy to say out loud. No, I don't think I no. can go back to Horizon Zero Dawn. That doesn't sound crazy to me. I mean, I'm sorry, Horizon Forbidden West. 
I oh okay yeah I knew I knew that's what you meant in my head even though right. you said the other one but I gotcha so I, went, I mean I've, I've got a guess but please tell us Carlos yeah because I went back and it is one of the most beautiful games on the PS5 hands down like it's a stunner it's incredible sure. looking. everybody everybody agrees everybody agrees it's beautiful and it's really fun to play like I played like a huge chunk of it I mean like 10 15 hours of it probably already and you know got pretty far into the game the, the character models are amazing all the cutscenes feel really like realistic and stuff anyways i went back and it felt like like the ubisoft thing where there's like so many menus and so many upgrades and so many things to do and like the you know like the far cry system where you go to the map and it's like eight million things and i just got so overwhelmed and i was confused as fuck on where i was because i left the game for too long you know like an rpg or something you would do oh yeah um and then i got frustrated some of like the puzzles because i was like there was 8 million puzzles in the way of me just going to this door and opening it. Because we never talked about that, but Horizon does that a lot, and I did not like that. Like Similar to Tomb Raider or Uncharted or something, where it's like, do all these puzzles before you can even get to like this mountaintop that you need to get to. Hmm. And I just want to get to the mountaintop you know, and do the story. So I just got so frustrated and overloaded. I just quit, and I don't, I know, mean- I don't know if I'm going to go back. You're not the only one, dude. I've actually talked to several people uh, lately. You know, I mean, I think part of it has to do with Elden Ring. I think people can only play one big game at a time. And I think that Elden Ring was kind of the vibe that people wanted right now. But on top of that, even putting Elden Ring aside, um, you know, I talked to a lot of folks who they all say the same thing. This game is beautiful. That's the first thing anybody says about Mm -hmm. this game. And everybody agrees. Like, no one's arguing that. But then the next statement is usually, but it feels like more of the same. And I, I think that maybe people are maybe just had enough of it the first time or maybe they just don't want more of the exact same most people i talk to in my circles anyway got about where you are 15 20 hours and they're like okay i'm good and then they kind of bounce so yeah you're not alone dude by any means it's 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 some of the same content but also it's um i think it is that kind of like i can't deal with that many map markers right now you know <laughs> i just don't want like there's just too many options to do and yeah, but even yeah, and the puzzles really bothered me because I went the like the main path for a little while, and I was still like getting stuck at like how do I shoot that one thing to get to the one thing? I was like, I don't want to do any of those things. Yeah. So yeah. that's my statement to all of you, and you know, just I wanted to say it out loud. It's sad to say, but I think I'm going to put it away for a long time. Well, I mean, there you go. You know, I mean, you had your good experience, and sometimes. You know, I think it's it's a strange idea, or at least it seems strange in the game sphere, but sometimes one game is all you need. Like, that, if that game does a really great job and it says what it wants to say and it gives you this great experience, I mean, sometimes you don't need to do that experience again. Sometimes that's okay to just move on and do something else, you know? Dude, it's just like a, a sequel to a movie, right? Yeah, sometimes if that movie's perfect, you know, the sequel almost inevitably disappoints and people, like, you know, you think you want more... But really, maybe you don't. Maybe you want to just have that perfect experience. It's you know? funny you should say that. It's a perfect segue into my next uh, piece of housekeeping. All right. We both love Severance. Uh, I, I, Severance. I, I pre-love it. I haven't watched it oh, yet. Oh, you still haven't watched it. it. Okay, I'm sorry. No, we're, we're getting there. Uh, well, anyways, that show uh, it has only one season now. But I think Ben Stiller was talking in an interview, and he's the director of it, which is crazy. Um, and I think they were like, we said what we wanted to say. And he says he sees a bunch of like online chatter, like, I wonder what they're going to do in season two. I wonder if that means this person's this, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's funny they're all saying that because he's like, we did what we were going to do. So, oh, so they're done. They're out. One and done. They huh? might be. And my point is, and to your point, actually, is that like, that'd be great. 
because yeah. I really love that show, and similar to the sequel to a movie, I really don't need another thing. Like you get the idea of what could happen after right. the first season, right. and and it's just a, it's a masterful season. I feel like it's like perfect. It's like one of the perfect shows I've ever watched. It was like uh like like Watchmen. Did you watch Watchmen? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so like Watchmen, uh, I think it was on HBO or something. Like I you know I started watching. I'm a fan of the comics. Didn't know what this was going to do to add to the, the the IP. Went into it, you know, guarded. First couple episodes, wasn't feeling it. And by the time it got to the end, I was like, wow, this is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. You guys did it. Absolutely didn't know how you're going to do it, but you fucking did it. And done. And everybody's like, well, where's Watchmen season two? And they're like, nope, that's all we had to say. That's all and we I'm had like, to say, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Like, it's a very un-American concept because in America, we're all about constant growth bigger more again keep it going forever but the only thing that constantly grows and never stops is cancer and nobody likes cancer so let's not be cancer sometimes it's okay to just make your statement and then bounce and then do something else take that energy creativity those stars those actors do something else and don't keep going to the same like don't run it in the ground you know yeah and it's it's in part what happened to lost uh, a show that i still love even though it was bloated but like you know, Damon Lindelof and, and all those guys, they wanted to stop it. Like, they yeah, wanted to stop yeah. it, like, after three or four seasons. And the network is like, no, you have to make more. And um, then look what happened. You yeah. know, it just went on and on, and then it just lost steam and the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes it's better just to end on a high note. I know that that seems totally alien to a lot of Americans, but it's totally okay. Sometimes that's the best way to go. Well, uh, to finish up my uh, show talk, and then we'll jump over to your housekeeping, is, um, and it's kind of ironic now, but, like, there is a season two that just started for a show that I like. And I think it's okay because I think their first season was short. And, you know, that, and their, their episodes are 30 minutes long. Uh, the show's called Made for Love. Have you seen it? Made for Love. Is that okay? Maybe I'm wrong. Is this the one about a woman whose husband like implants some kind of thing in her brain to like to track her or read her thoughts or something yes, like that? Yes. The, the husband is, it's not really a husband. I guess they do get married in quotes, but. He basically like coerces this woman who he's he's dating to try to be part of like this experiment, and he's like, right, okay, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like a Google guy, you know, or like a right. uh, Nikola Tesla, or, um, Elon Musk or something. Elon you know, Musk, yeah, crazy scientist who like wants to change the world, Steve Jobs, but then also like coerces her to put this chip in her brain, and they're connected. Uh, it's funny and dark and weird, and what's his butt from Everybody Loves Raymond's in it, uh, Ray Romano. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, it's just dark and weird. The shows are uh, episodes only 30 minutes long, and the season two just came out, and it's just as good. Uh, I think it's because it's it's kind of like almost one long season. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't feel like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's on my list for sure. That's something I want to watch. And, you know, and to be clear... If you have something to say and it doesn't fit in one season, then by all means, take as many seasons as you need to. But I right. think the ultimate point is when you get to the end of the arc or when you get to the it's, it's just like games, right? I say this about games. I haven't said it for a while, but I always believe any game, no matter what game it is, should end when it runs out of new ideas. When a game just starts to repeat itself and just gives you just more capital C content and it doesn't have any fresh ideas, no new mechanics, no new spins. You're just playing something for the sake of playing it. That game should end. And I feel like that's true for movies or TV. Like when you don't have anything else to say, just stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So oh, one that, season, ten seasons, whatever. And that's the perfect uh, final segue of my housekeeping that keeps growing. I'm sorry. Uh, Ozark, the fin- final season just dropped. The final part to the final season. Uh, so I'm binging that all weekend. 
And I've heard good things about that. Is that the one about the guy? He's like on the lamb or something. Can you give us a real quick? You're just about? wait. Hold on. You're asking me about what Ozark is. I've heard a million times, but dude, it's it's on my list, but it's it's pretty far down on the list. It shouldn't it be. It's probably like it's one of the finest pieces of television. Uh, if you want to call it television, I don't know what, what they call it nowadays. That sounds like Shows. something an Ozark writer would say. I know, right? Or a review critic from the 80s in TV Guide. <laughs> uh, so Ozark, yeah, Jason Bateman and an incredible cast. Uh, basically, he is like helping launder money for like cartels, and, but they're trying to keep like a regular family situation going on. Right. And all the kind of weird stuff that happens with like telling a ton of lies, uh, you know, the web of lies kind of story. And just weird stuff, like huge like cliffhanger moments in seasons and people die and, you know, uh, it's just intense. It's like super intense. Okay, okay. Not fun, not like funny, but like you're always like wondering what's going to happen and the production values are through the roof. And it's just, it's like masterclass again. Like nothing is wrong with it. Like they do everything perfectly. Um, so the last part of the last season just dropped. So And what what number season is that? Uh, I can look it up. I think it's four, I want to say. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. I mean, if you've got a long arcing story, a lot of characters, that seems pretty reasonable. I've heard nothing but good things. I mean, everybody I talk to says it's great, but we just just haven't got around to it yet. What they did is they dropped the the last part of the the last season. So they did it in two parts. And so now it's dropped. Oh, gotcha. Anyways, I went through way too much housekeeping. I didn't know there's so many boxes in here. Let's go to your side. What do I have on my side? Uh, not a whole lot. I wanted to first just say, I know that last week we teased um, a segment with my son coming on to talk about a couple games. We ended up running out of time and life just got crazy. So we ended up not including that segment last week. I apologize um, for teasing everybody with that and then not coming through. That was not my intention, but you know, life happens sometimes. But that, we will definitely do it this week. We will. And last episode, the reason why is that was a speed cast. It was the speed cast. And we cast. talked at 2.5 times speed and we didn't have any time. We definitely did. We definitely wanted to. We wanted to do it. We didn't make we didn't make it happen, but we're going to make it happen this week. So, yes. folks, after the closing music this week, we are definitely going to have my son on. He's going to talk about the Hello Neighbor 2 beta. He's also going to talk about Orbit Industries. Uh, both of those games are right up his alley. So if you want to hear more from my son Whitaker, he'll have a quick segment after the closing music this week. So stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot. I know that... Um, Speaking of TV, The Owl House is coming back with some new seasons. You ever watch that, Carlos? The Owl House? Mm-hmm. It's a cartoon on Disney. I have not. Really enjoy that a lot. It actually just got canceled, which is a bummer. It's about a girl who gets transported to another dimension. And, uh, you know, stuff happens. But basically, she goes to a dimension where witchcraft is real and demons are real. And she kind of, like, makes friends and try- wants to be a witch. But she's kind of like a, a non-magical person. So how does that work? And it's, it's a really great show. I think it's a really good family show. And it also ended up being kind of a really queer show. Um, it didn't start that way, but Disney actually just gave it the axe, and everybody thinks it's because the main character kind of turned out to be either either bi or a lesbian. It's kind of un, undetermined because they're they're kind of kids a little bit, like like young teenagers. So it's not really about sexuality. It's not really about that. But you know, she has a little crush. She's a girl. She has a crush on another girl. And I guess you know, with all the shit going down with politics in America and Disney, they just gave it the axe. So I think there's five episodes left, and I believe that's the end of the series which is a huge bummer uh, Mm. because i love that show also new episodes just dropped for craig of the creek you've ever seen that no are these all cartoons these are cartoons yeah Yeah. oh my god i love craig of the creek it's so good um you know as a kid growing up like way out in the wilderness uh (laughs) as i did uh there's so much that i can relate to it's about a, a family who live near this like woods and a creek and the kids just go out and play 
and they do like imaginative play and they fantasize about stuff, but they also kind of keep it real a little bit. Great characters, great fun. Like so many things that happen in that show are really relatable to me as somebody who like grew up near a lot of woods and grew up near a river and a lake and stuff. And so I don't think you need to like have that personal experience to enjoy what's happening here. But I think that if you have ever been out to the woods or if you've ever been a kid building a fort in a forest or like, you know, playing at a lake or something, I think you'll really relate to it. It's a great show. Uh, really great for families. It just came back with a whole new season. So exciting uh, to see more of that. Oh, wait, real quick on that. The art style looks like um, the uh, the guys who did or the people behind Thundercats. It looks very similar. I wonder if it's the same. The people. most recent Thundercats, you mean? The new yeah, yeah, like the, the reboot. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if anybody, if anybody is the talent from that show. I don't know exactly what the lineage is, but uh, it, it's definitely a good show for sure. Yeah. Um, the last show I just want to quickly mention. I think I mentioned Uncanny Counter a couple weeks ago, didn't I? Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in the final two season or final two episodes. Man, what a wild show! We watched it just kind of on a lark, and I honestly thought it was going to be pretty bad just because the trailer didn't really sell it and the description didn't really sell it. But we were kind of just like, oh, we're in a Korean mood tonight. Let's let's try a new Korean show because we're big fans. And it's turned out to be just like incredible. Like we love the characters. We love the story. Roller coaster of emotions. Um, but we've only got two episodes left in the uh, season one. Uh, season two, I think, is TBD. And it sucks because we were doing a little bit of research on it. And it turns out that the lead writer of the show left for creative differences two episodes before the season ends. So oh. now we've seen all the episodes that the lead writer wrote. And I have a feeling we really like this stuff because we've loved every episode. We are now like, oh, my God. So the, the person who was in charge of this left. What are the remaining two episodes going to be? Are they going to be as good, worse, better? Who knows, right? So we're kind of holding our breath on that one. But otherwise, Uncanny Counter has been fantastic. One of my favorite shows, uh, surprise favorite uh, of the year so far. It's, I think it's a Netflix exclusive, I'm pretty sure. It's hard to make things, and it's hard to get like a team and keep them together. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. weird stuff happens, and you're like, again, lightning in a bottle, and just be excited that you get to watch or play a game that happened. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for who sure. who knows? Yeah, and it really sucks, too, because that writer specifically left because he disagreed with the producers about how the series should end. So now I'm like, oh, well, that's all I know, right? Did did he want a happy ending? Did he want a sad ending? Did he want a cliffhanger ending? I don't know. But the person who's in charge of the show disagreed so hard that he left the show. So, I mean, I just who knows, man? I don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, uh, that's all I have for housekeeping. Nothing, nothing but TV and entertainment this week. So that's all I got. Anything left on your side there, Carlos? Just to wrap up, uh, the person, uh, Matt and Ben, who worked on that show you were talking about, uh, Craig of the Creek. Yeah. uh, They worked on Steven Universe. Oh, that probably explains that it. wraps like it, it so up much. for me. Yeah. Same Steam style. Universe is the best. Okay. Uh, all right. That's all I got. That is, that is uh, I guess, a wrap for housekeeping. Let's move on to the main content of the show. Carlos, we're going to start with you this week. Uh, you brought a, like three games that I have literally no idea what any of them are. <laughs> I know. Great. It's awesome. Getting back to those indie roots. Uh, so tell us first about a Street Cat's Tale. Well, so this I uh, saw it pop up on my PlayStation. Um, by the way, I always forget every episode to mention this, but there is so much garbage <laughs> on Xbox and PlayStation right now. These indie games, again, I love indie games. I'm talking about three indie games today. Uh, but there is a difference between indie games and like just 
I don't know, silly things that are almost feel like they're just trying to make money. Yeah, cheap you know? cash-ins that are obviously like low quality stuff. Yeah, like yeah. a game that would be a mobile game, but like, um, but now it's on a console and it's more and expensive. And a bad mobile game at that. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So anyways, I'm seeing a lot of them. But alongside those, I saw um, this game, which is called The Street, uh, Street Cat's Tale. And I'm a very big sucker for any game that we play as a cat. You like cats, I know this. And I might have played every game that I play as a cat. But... Um, really, I'm just waiting for Stray, the game Stray, you know? Yes, I remember that. They announced that, what, a couple last year or something? Yeah, and it, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be this year now, but we'll, we'll see. And so anything that, like, can get me close to that, like, I'll play an RPG where I'm a cat. So this isn't an RPG, and unfortunately, I have a lot of problems with it. I think it only costs 10 bucks, but it's still. Um, basically, you play as a cat, and this is, it, it starts off really bad, you're a kitten or whatever, and you have a mom cat, and the mom, like, you know, says, I'm going to go get food for us or something. I don't like where this is going. Yeah, and then he goes to the street, and there comes a car, and the car oh, hits the mom. My God, and, what? And that's the beginning of the fucking game, and then it's all sad, and you hear, like, all the people go, like, hurry up, get the cat to the to the hospital. Like, what about the kitten? Ah, screw the kitten. We got to save this cat's life. <laughs> So they take away the mom, and I guess she died. I don't know. They never even say that she's gone. And the kitten's like, who you play as? Says like, okay, well, I got to fend for myself. Let's do it. So then you just, you know, walk around as a cat. Well, the main problem is, I hate that beginning, but also there's not really a lot to do in the game. There's not like a lot of leveling. I thought there might be like a small RPG in this or something. You have to go through trash and find food, and you have all that bullshit like food meter you know, yeah. and sleep meters no, and all those meters. No. Yeah, I hate meters. So I didn't like that. At some point, I got, um, I was getting like health hurting because I wasn't eating enough like trash food. And then to pick up things and bring them to people was like confusing. You had to like select the thing and then not just don't do anything else and just keep walking. It was a very like weird mechanic to like hold something in your mouth. So it was cumbersome. I couldn't talk to many people. There's all these people in this little town or city. And I couldn't really interact with anybody. Um, I could interact with other cats, and sometimes I had like some dialogue with them. But it was really kind of boring. Mm. And so here's the fun ending to it. So I was like already frustrated, and especially because I was expecting something better. And I'm walking along, and I get lost somewhere. It's nighttime. I'm supposed to be sleeping. They're really mad that my my sleep meters or whatever is down. And I'm like starting to get hurt with my health because I don't have any food and I can't find fucking food. I'm running around everywhere. And then I found some banana peels and ate them. It didn't matter. My meter was still going down. So all of a sudden I'm walking down the street late at night, just me, the little lights going by. It's getting darker. It's getting darker. I faint. Little oh, kitten wow. faints in the ground, right? He falls to the ground and it goes, I just can't make it anymore. I guess I'm done for. And then a fucking cutscene, and I'm walking on a rainbow bridge into heaven. Oh no! I knew you were yeah, yeah. say that. <laughs> and, he and here's what he says: He goes, "I'll see you soon, mom." Oh my god! No! What I, the fuck? I dude? yelled no out loud in my apartment. Oh, so loud, dude! I'll see you soon, mom. No! Don't do that game. Jesus Christ! So what? So. Do you have to like roll a new kitten or like what do you go back I, to the last I turn the game off. Or... I'm not going back to that fucking game. I'm so mad at it. 
it's kind of hurting my feelings even just hearing about this. See, I knew it. Yeah. Yes, I'm not down with this. I was on a rainbow bridge, and it it was going for a while too. It was like it was saying all this juxtaposition about like, oh, you know, I should have tried harder. My little kitten life fucking got snuffed out. But the last line I always remember. He she goes, "I'll see you soon, mom." Oh my god. Nope. 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 Jesus. Okay, I am thoroughly depressed right now. <laughs> I oh know, so am I. And it's just an indie. I mean, but they, they accomplished that, I guess. Made me feel something, but it wasn't good. It's not something I wanted to feel. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't want to re-roll a character. And it's not even re-rolling. I don't feel like... I thought it was an RPG-ish kind of game, you know? Which, by the way, remember, I played, like, I think it's called a cat RPG or something. And all those had more mechanics that were interesting. And battle, you know? I played one where yeah. I was fighting other cats. Done. That's all I want to say about it. I just want the game stray. I don't want wow. Oh, man. Okay. My heart is kind of hurting right now. Let's move on to a different topic. I'll see you soon, no, man. Stop saying that, man. You're going to make me cry. Do not make me cry in this podcast. Wait. Can we name the title of this episode? I'll see you soon, Mom. Uh, no, no. That would be too depressing. That's too depressing. Okay. okay let's move on. Let's move on. Quickly, just quick mention of a game uh, on the Switch. It's called Kathy Rain. Uh, this is apparently a point-and-click RPG that was pretty well-received from a few years back. Have you ever heard of it, Carlos? No, I'm looking it up. Uh, I'm not familiar with it until just now, but apparently it's been around for a while, and people who know point-and-click games uh, tell me that they were familiar with it. This is kind of an updated version of it. It's on the Switch right now. Uh, Basically, you play as Kathy Rain, and she is kind of like a real cool-looking kind of like biker chick, and she rolls into town because I want to say it's her grandfather that dies. Yes, it is her grandfather. She's been estranged from her family. She hasn't been around, but she comes back in for the funeral. And then once she gets to town, she tries to reconnect with the family that she hasn't seen for a long time. And then, you know, there's like a mystery to solve. And so, you know, things happen in general kind of point and click fashion. Um, So, you know, I got a mixed history with point and clicks. I, sometimes I really like them when they're, pared down and streamlined and when they really focus on the story and not so much the mechanics and the ones that are really heavy on the clicking and the pointing uh they don't jive with me so much right and unfortunately this is one of those old schoolish types where um you go into like an environment and there's like 75 things that you can click and you don't know what's garbage and you don't know what's important and so you end up having to click all of them and reading like all the item descriptions and usually it's something like it's a ballpoint pen. I've got 10 of these at home. Okay, well, that was a waste of my time. Let's click on this next thing. It's a paperweight. It weights down paper. Okay, I don't need I don't need this, right? Like, when modern point and clicks get away from that stuff and only put, like, five things on the screen and each one of those is important in some way, that's where I'm in, right? Where, mm-hmm. I like, don't waste my time. Don't make me click and just read a bunch of stuff. And, I know, and for some people, they dig that, right? Like, I'm not trying to, like, harsh anybody. If you like the old school method, like, go for it, right? But I, I just know that I am not that customer. So I got really bogged down pretty quickly with too many things to click, like too many locations to go to, even though there's not many, but like each location would have a couple rooms and each room had like 10 or 15 things. And I'm like, okay, this is like, it's too slow and I'm clicking too many things. And I realize it's called point and click, but like there's a way to do it that I like and a way to do it that I don't like. This is that way. Um, I think the graphics are really good. Animation could be a little smoother, but uh, the graphics are fine. Readability is fine. UI is fine. Um, but you know, after I got kind of frustrated with the clicking, then I started going to, uh, you know, the puzzles, which came up and the puzzles are, you know, I, I didn't find any like crazy moon logic puzzles, but there were puzzles where I was like, okay, this is like a little bit, um, 
like like for example if you're playing a comedy point and click it makes sense to do something funny and wacky but in a game that is positioned as fairly realistic like this one logic just didn't work like it was having to jump through some hoops to get through some puzzles and i'm like okay i don't like what i'm doing here because this is the kind of old schooly point and click where my brain just doesn't get it and i'm bored and i want to just get to where i'm going and i don't want to have to like find the thing to give to the guy mm. who then drops the thing and then it gives me this other thing and then i get this over here and then i get click this thing and put this together this other thing like i don't want to do that i want to just like i want a very straightforward experience and this is not that game which is which is totally fine i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm just saying this is the kind of point and click that is not for me um but if you like this kind of stuff the old school, if you like read a bunch of text, if you like a lot of locations to visit, a lot of things to investigate, I think it's pretty well done. I just, this is just not my game. So uh, I'm not saying it's a bad game, just not for me, but Kathy Rain, I think is probably going to be great for people if you like the old school style. And it's great on the Switch. I will say that the adaptation, very good, no problems reading it, no technical problems. So thumbs up on that end. So Yeah, I just saw the on the homepage for it, it says controller support done right. Um, so it seems like the controller support was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm getting Days Gone vibes because you do a little bit of motorcycle travel. It seems like. Yeah, uh, you know that's actually my favorite part of the game is like when you change locations, she gets on her motorcycle and you're just like cruising down the highway, and then she's kind of like imagining the places she can go, and then you just like pick where she wants to go, and then she just goes, you know, just kind of goes. It's it's a pretty cool little transition between scenes. That's actually really well done. But, yeah, yeah. I think I'm with you too though, because I if it's too many things to click and I get confused, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, wasn't for me. That's a shame, but I think a lot of people out there will like it if you like the old school style. That is Kathy Rain on the Switch. There you go. Back to you, Carlos. We're going to be talking about another game that I know literally nothing about, Peglin. Oh, my goodness. So I just want to be playing it right now. It's it's so fucking addictive. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I want to do this podcast right now, but as soon as I'm doing this podcast, I'll probably play it, like even before I make dinner. Like, it is so addictive. Now, here's the thing. Did you like Peggle? I liked Pe- I liked Peggle just fine, but I was never like mega addicted to it the way that some people were. But I had fun with it. But I, you know, it wasn't something that like kept me up nights, and I didn't like crawl my way back to my console every chance I got. Yeah, so it, it was for me. I think anybody listening, if you liked Peggle that much, where you're like, oh, I just have to be playing it right now. I can't. I can't be doing anything else. Uh, forget showering. I have to play Peggle. Uh, that's how I was, and this is why this is even better, in my opinion. Uh, and it's not even a full release, which I know you probably hate, but it, is there, there's enough, I think, to play. Um, is that right? Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it is the full release. Early access right now, you're saying? Well, I paid for it, so I paid for, a, a, I think, a full game, but I feel like there's more coming. So let me let me, let me go to make sure. Yeah, it's an early access game, so that's okay. why. Early access. But there's like enough. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty huge. So what is this game, if I mention Peggle? Here's what they describe it as. Peglin is a pachinko roguelike. Fight enemies by collecting special orbs and popping pegs to deal damage. Acquire special relics that radically change the game and ensure no two runs are the same. Aim carefully to survive this unique turn-based RPG. Now, it's not an RPG. Let's get that out of the way. Um, is but it turn-based? It's it's a Peggle game. So turn, yeah, you take a turn because you're shooting this little rock down into the little bumpers you know but the little ball rolls in like real time i mean you're not like yes it's not taking turns to make it no 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 no. that would be weird and pointless um yeah yeah so you play a goblin hence peggle versus plus goblin equals peggle got it peglin okay gotcha and so you mainly your main weapon is either like a little dagger or a stone and the stones you basically start every like turn by throwing the stone down this little peggle type area 
And the, the stone, though, doesn't bounce like super fast like the Peggle did because it's a fucking stone. Um, but there's many different versions of the stone. And like you can get upgrades or you can get a different orb or something else, you know. So it's not all the same uh, item you send, send down there. But your basic one is a stone. So it kind of sucks because you can't really it doesn't bounce as much. Okay. Um, anyways, as you shoot it down there into that little, you know, bunch of little bumpers, there's things like combo, critical hit, all that kind of stuff. And all the things you do down there by hitting those little pegs is giving you damage that you're going to do onto the enemies. And all that takes place on the top of the screen. So there's other mobile games that do this too, right? Where it's like match three on the bottom and then two, you know, people are fighting at the top. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a puzzle fighter sort of a general yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, okay, but so, and there's lots of different monsters, and you know, they slowly kind of move towards you or shoot at you if they have range weapons. And so, you know, you have health and you're trying to like not die. And when you do things on the board, sometimes you get health back. Uh, but the roguelike part is as you're going through this huge map, which like there's a boss at the end, um, you know, you pick up special items, like they said, and some of them are like super important. Like, it could be more damage, it could be, um, like it, it, you get health back every time at the end of each round by throwing your little stone and whoever, how many, how many things it hits, you get health back or things like, um, the, at the bottom, there's just like, you know, where your little stone falls after it goes through all the pegs, there's just nothing usually, but there's one of the weapons or upgrades puts like, uh, multipliers in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do all that damage, like a uh, hundred damage and then it hits the two times and then you do 200 damage. Gotcha. So there's all these kind of little things that happen with the board. Uh, but in general, it's just super addictive because each board is different um, every once in a while, similar to what's that game I love um, uh, by Goblin Studios, uh, Legend of Keepers. Oh, Legend um, of Keepers, yeah. You know how like there's every once in a while like a little quick story moment, you know? Sure. Kind of a, just a little interlude. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So they do that. So on the map, there's like a monster, which means you have to fight monsters, or there's a question mark. And that could be like, you find a weird mirror and the mirror says, I'll grant you two wishes, you know, like a little story bit. Sure. And then there's like bosses and stuff. So yeah, the whole thing is fucking fun. It's super addictive. It's simple. And in the roguelike fashion, it's like, yeah, no two runs are the same because if I start one right now, which I will as soon as this podcast is over, um, the first power up I get might be, you know, totally different. I've never had it before. And it changes my whole run. Which you know from roguelikes. Oh, sure. Oh, um, sure. Although I haven't seen any permanents, which makes me upset because... I was just going to ask you, I like, are you, you are. working towards an ending? And is there some, you know, sense of progression? So even if you fail a run, do you feel like you've made some kind of progress? Or is this like a for realsies, back to square one, good luck, Joe? I think it is. And that's why it's early access as well. Uh, I bet you they're going to do a story campaign. They at should. Point. They yeah. should. Um, but the mechanics are so tight. This is super addictive to me, even without it. I mean, literally, there was no reason for me to be playing last night. And it was like, I can't go to sleep. I have to play more. So they're doing something right. I love it. There's also another option called the Crucible or something. I forget what it's called. But there's like um, kind of a another mode that I haven't explored yet. But in general, it is Peggle with a little bit of a light RPG. That should like attract a lot of people, I think. I mean, Peggle was huge, so if you want more Peggle, and it's been a while, it at has. least for me, since one of these has come to my attention, so I bet probably a lot of people probably feel the same way. Check it out. Peglin, P-E-G-L-I-N. I'm guessing this is PC only at the moment? Yep. Uh, yes, I think so. I play on Steam, and it's... Oh, uh, wait, 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 there's a demo, too, so just go download the demo on Steam. 
There you go. Um, but it is a little expensive. I can't believe I, I guess I paid this much. It's $17. For early access, huh? Yeah. But mm. I also say it's 100% worth it because this game is like my addiction. Yeah, I was going to say you really like it. So I guess it was worth it. So. Yep. Okay, cool. Peglin. Peglin. All right. Peglin. All right. We're going to talk next about The Serpent Rogue. Uh, this just came out, I believe, I want to say just this week. Um, this is, you know, it's really hard to kind of really define what this is because with Rogue in the title, you're going to think it's a roguelike. And it is a roguelike, but it's actually like a lot more than that. Uh, story, who knows really what the story is about. Like you play kind of a, um, what are those, uh, play, like a plague doctor. You know, they wear those long birdie masks. Kind yes. Of and now I know what this game is and I almost picked it up. So I'm very interested to hear what you say. It, so, yeah. Those weird yes. like old school like bird masks. Exactly. Like back in the plague times, which is kind of called plague doctors, obviously. Uh, but you, you play one of those characters. You can pick a male or a female. And then you go into this world. And it, they're kind of like vague on stuff at the beginning. But basically, bad stuff is happening in the world. There's like this evil fog covering everything. And you are like one of the only people who can like stop it. Um, you jump into this. It's uh, iso- It's not quite isometric, but it's kind of isometric. Uh, third person. Kind of like uh, running around kind of an open world sort of thing. But not not huge open world like chunks like very chunks of a world where you're exploring uh and these chunks are interconnected basically it's it is a roguelike but it's also an rpg but it's also a survival game and it's also a crafting game it's got like lots of stuff it's got tons of stuff um and i will say that the developers i believe they're from russia i'm not 100 percent sure but they are pretty tight-lipped about certain things and so they kind of want you to like dive in and explore and figure things out so for me i would like a little more hand-holding because i feel like there's a lot going on and you know i just like to ease into my game and i i don't like to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how things work but i will say it's it hasn't been a huge barrier so far but basically you go into this world uh, you get like a little um like examination lab that you, you it's like your home base there's like a lab there's a the smith like a blacksmith area there's like a cooking area there's a you know crafting area and then you go into every level you can pick up stuff like flowers tree bark uh you know slime from a pool like whatever you pick up like whatever you come across and stick it in your backpack and then you bring it back and you have to examine it first and then after you examine it it'll give you like these properties and so it's pretty clearly done i like the ui for this it's pretty good and then you can take these things and then mix them up to make a potion so you look at these different properties uh, to like attack up or like, you know, restore your life or whatever. And you kind of mix these up before you go back into the field. And eventually uh, you can clear the fog from different sections, move forward in the game and you learn more and more recipes. So in some ways I feel like it's pretty traditional, but at the same time, I feel like it's really well done because I think the vibe of this game is really cool. Like I like the art. The art is great. I think the the vibe for the most part is pretty chill. And you just kind of like go around exploring things and kind of taking your time to look at things and put things together. It's really detailed. And I feel like there's a lot to it. I just really scratched the surface of it. Hmm. Um, but so far I dig it. I, I really like it, but it, it's one of those games that I feel like is going to probably end up being pretty challenging uh, because I actually haven't died yet. Knock on wood. Uh, but I, people were telling me that when you die, you have to do a corpse run to get your stuff back. And the problem with that is that usually you're dying in a place where, um, there's lots of enemies, and so when you lose all your stuff and to make your way back there, you might not have enough stuff to successfully go back and get your stuff. So that could be a problem if you lose, you know, a backpack full of good stuff and you can't get it back. I have a quick question um, based yeah. on that, real quick. So yeah. the combat itself is it like? Can you describe it? And also, do you feel like you're underpowered unless you do all the stuff they want you to do with like crafting potions and stuff? 
I mean, combat is pretty pretty straightforward, kind of like hack and slashy, but not. It's it, this like to be clear, this is not like a combat game. Like you're not coming to this game for the combat. Um, the weapons all have like um, degradation to them, which I'm not super a fan of, mm. and I feel like it kind of you have to bake your stuff like. Uh, make it a little bit too often for my taste, but it's not terrible. Um, I definitely try to avoid combat whenever possible. Like I, I do not want to engage in combat, uh, but sometimes you're you're, just, you're stuck, so you have to do it. But I think if you want kind of a, a survival crafting, um, you know, there's a food meter, there's a there's a tiredness meter, um, you know, like it's got all the general kind of tropes of a crafting game. But I think also the RPGness of just like kind of um, exploring the world and building up your character a little bit is pretty cool. So I haven't I haven't gotten too deep into it. I feel like there's a lot to it, and like I said, the, the developers don't really tutorialize very much. So I've kind of had to like figure some things out. I was going to a wiki to look up a couple things, but I dig what it's doing. I don't know that this is exactly the right game for me right now because I feel like it's got, it's one of those games that takes all your full attention to really get the most out of it, mm. and my attention is kind of split right now. But what it's doing so far. I think it's actually very cool. So if any of this sounds remotely good, um, check it out. I think it's going to be uh, a bit of a surprise this year. Interesting. So by the way, they call it a botanical action adventure. Okay, that uh, makes sense. And, You're doing a lot of plant collection. Yeah, and there's um, uh, a demo on Steam. If anybody else wants to just there check you it go. out, uh, the developer is Sengi Games, and they're from Ukraine. Ukraine. Oh yeah. man, Ukraine. Jeez. Which okay. is a uh, you know. Uh, support Ukraine. So there you go. Maybe Buy you the game, support Ukraine. There you go. Uh, and then, yeah, everything you said and everything I'm looking at online feels like it's a mixed bag. And even Steam has mixed reviews because yeah. it seems like there's a lot to like and a lot of systems to kind of get your ha- head around. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm still on the fence with it, I guess. I, I mean, I feel like the developers have a vision and I like their vision. Um, and I I think that really ultimately what they really should do maybe is just like explain a few a few more things. Uh, maybe give the player a few more things to start off with and, um, you know, just, just kind of tweak things a little bit, but I feel like they are absolutely on the right track. I really like what they've done so far. Um, I don't know that I'm going to sign up for the long haul, uh, because I don't know that I want to devote my full attention to something like this right now, but, but what they've done, I think shows a lot of promise. All right. Well, I dig it. I don't know. I might, if I, if I get into the, one of those funks where I don't have anything at all in front of me, try the demo, try I might the demo. do the demo. Yeah. There you go. All right. That is, the Serpent Rogue, I was playing it on Xbox, but it's on, I believe, everything. I think it's on Switch. I think it's on PlayStation. I'm sure it's on PC as well. So you can probably get it anywhere. There you go. And support Ukraine. Yes. Uh, back to you, Carlos, for a game called Sally Face. Again, third time in a row of this show. I don't know jack shit about this game. So please fill us in. Yes. I saw it pop up on my console. Uh, so this is an indie game. Uh, and it came out, I think 2016 was the original when it came out, but then there was episodes uh, all the way to 2019. So they had like, you know, multiple episodes for the game come out. And it's a story narrative, you know, based game. Uh, and I saw the demo now, or the, I mean, the trailer on my PlayStation because they just got a console releases uh, and it's on Switch now. Okay, so, so what kind of what kind of game is this? So then? this game, uh, when you watch the trailer, you'll know immediately why it's my jam, because it looks and feels and just everything about it very very similar to Little Misfortune. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, and so the art style is like you know cartoony art style, uh, dark. Uh, it, you know the game itself is that kind of I wouldn't say point and click because you're using controller, you know, on console version, but you're walking around an environment, you're talking to characters. You're not doing really puzzles like you were talking about with the other game. You're doing more like 
investigation and, you know, dialogue options. Uh, but really, this game and Little Misfortune are about just going through the experience. Uh, you know, it's they're both based on, like, you know, loosely based on people's experiences. Um, Natalia, by the way, is the, behind uh, Kill Monday Games and Little Misfortune. You know, a lot of what she was, you know, experiencing or something, that things like that kind of seeped into the game. And the same thing with, um, his name is Steve Gra- Gabry. Uh, who worked on Sally Face, a lot of, you know, stuff from his uh, kind of upbringing kind of went into the game. So, yeah, with this game, it says, delve into a dark adventure following the boy with a prosthetic prosthetic face and a tragic past. So you play as a a kid, uh, a young boy, but he has blue pigtails and a mask on, but it's a prosthetic face, and they don't explain why. It looks creepy as fuck. It looks creepy as fuck, yeah. But the character that you play, Sally Face, it doesn't like talk creepy. It's not like you're like controlling this weird, creepy kid. It's just a kid. And he's just like, he had something bad happen. And, you know, they're not going to tell you till the end of the game, probably. But basically, the parents went through a divorce and he's now living with his dad in this apartment building. It's kind of cramped. And uh, basically, he's just walking around the apartment building trying to like meet, meet new people and just kind of get out of the, the, the apartment. And they find out there's a murder that happened in the building, which is kind of like that show. Uh, What's it with Steve Martin and only murders in the building? Yeah, yeah. But so there's a murder that happens, and then there's also kind of glimpses of as you're walking around the apartment, uh, like maybe ghosts and stuff, and maybe creepy shit, similar to Little Misfortune, where you're like, ah, oh, something else is going on here um, that's not just normal. It is fucking great, and uh, I can't wait to to finish it. Like it's it, my whole night is that. Besides Ozark, it's just Sally Face. Um, again, it came out before Little Misfortune, so. I'm guessing there was an influence there because there's just so much similarity. Um, and Natalia from Kill Monday Games uh, just had a talk with Steve, the creator of Sally Face, on like a live stream. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were like, like you know, gushing about each other's work. So they were like aware of each other. Oh, and, yeah, you know, yeah. And they each other's games, I'm sure. Yeah. And in the live chat, people were saying like, work together, work together, please. So if you like Little Misfortune, that should have been all I have to say. Then you'll like this game. And I don't. I don't think it's for you, I'm going to say. It doesn't look like it's, man, looking at those graphics, I'm just like, ooh, I don't know, man. But that, like I said, it's it's a little misleading. Ah, a little misfortune. It's a little misleading because I've played it for an hour and a half or something, and it's all like pretty normal. Like he's just a kid, and you're trying to like, whoa, what's going on here? It's getting darker and darker. But it's not like you're playing a monster game. You know, which I think is that some of the trailer seems like it is, but it may, it super looks like it is. So yeah. I'm like, I'm getting kind of creeped out even just looking at screenshots. But you know, you should uh, you should play through it. Let us know how long it is, and ultimately, like what kind of experience it ended up being. I would love to hear more about this, and I'm not ruling it out. But man, just based, I mean, I've seen this before. I didn't I didn't remember the name, but like now that I, I googled some images, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this, and I was like, hell no, like this looks like scary af to me but i mean you're saying that's not what it is at all which is interesting so well one of those uh don't judge uh by the cover well that's exactly it like did you you didn't play little misfortune even though i told you to probably i'm guessing yeah i you know i i don't think it came to any platform that i was going to play it on it was like a mobile pc i think it's on on switch Switch. yes it is well next time it's on sale no it's you should pay full price okay here's the reason so (laughs) little misfortune and similar to Sally face let me just say this for anybody who might be like you where you're on the fence because it's kind of creepy they're really about like bigger messages with humanity and like family and like uh, psychological well-being, you know. 
and panic attacks and, you know, all the other dark things in the world. So it's really like, I felt like helpful. Uh, Little Misfortune's funny and like super dark, but then it's like, again, I think a really good message. And so I'm feeling the same kind of vibe from Sally Face, uh, hmm. which is like, yeah, there's this kid. He had this really bad thing that happened, and we're going to probably learn about it in the game. And it might get supernatural and weird, but I'm guaranteeing you that story or the many stories that he tells will be more about the stories and more about like what it means to be happy or sad. And that's just sure. the vibe that those games give off. So I can't okay. recommend it enough. That is a resounding recommendation from Carlos, and that is yes. a TBD for me. But this sounds pretty interesting, though, I will say. That I'm going to check in next episode to see if you play Little Misfortune. It's on, It's like $15 probably now. I'll look it up. I will I will not play it until it's on sale. I don't pay full <laughs> price for Damn anything. It. it won't. All right, so that is a wrap-up of all the new games we are going to cover. But also, folks, just remember that after the closing music, we are going to have my son, Whitaker, on. He's going to talk really briefly about Hello Neighbor 2, the beta, and Orbit Industries. But before we go... We are going to do a circle back and a check-in on your favorite game and mine, Elden Ring, which is what's been taking up most of my time and most of my attention. Yeah. And I see from Twitter, you've been, you've been putting in some time, too, even though you wrapped it up a while ago. And you, you screwed me last night. I mean, you didn't screw me, but you got, you, get, you got me back in. I thought that was so hilarious when I posted a picture of that boss and like you had to jump back in and fight that boss. You posted a picture of, what's his name again? Let's look it up. It's like Placidusax. Plis- Placidus Axe the Dragon. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's a very catchy name. Here it is. He's one of the hidden hidden endgame bosses. He's in the last the basically the last area of the game, but you have to like go through this like secret area to get to him. And it's it's pretty well hidden. And uh, I was looking up a wiki because I wanted to do everything. And I posted a picture of it last night, and you're like, Where's that boss? I gotta <laughs> go kill him. I gotta go kill him. Placuda Sacks. Yeah. So you you sent a picture on Twitter. I was like, I've never seen that boss. What the hell? I've beaten everything in this game, I thought. So ran over, and the first try, I got him down to like almost dead, but then I died, and so the second try, I beat him. But the reason I beat him on the second try is because, again, my character is like bazonkers right now. I think I'm level 235 or something. Okay. What, you, what level are you, by the way? I think I'm like, I want to say I'm 220, 225. Okay, yeah, so we're I'm, in the, I'm right the behind you, yeah. yeah. And I, I just got my new, uh, which is funny, similar back to Sally Face. I have like a weird mask that I wear now. Um, you know what they call it? What they call the Elden Ring drip or something? You got to wear like fancy stuff now. It's all oh, about cosmetic. Sure. Elden bling. Elden yeah. bling, yes. So anyways, uh, it was very fun to beat him. Uh, I don't know what the Remembrance, Remembrance does. I haven't cashed it in yet, but I'll see what that yeah, gives me. Nothing good. All these, that's, I got to say, just like a quick tangent. I, I mentioned this on Twitter and I had some pushback from people, but whatever. I mean, I, I personally have been kind of frustrated with the reward system in Elden Ring. I think in general, it's fine. I eventually found um, stuff that I needed and stuff that I liked and stuff that was fun and all that. But like, I got to say most of the end game rewards, like when you beat one of the big bosses, um, most of the time it's always like a strength weapon and a faith incantation yeah a lot of the end game stuff is faith based and i am not a faith character so it really blows to like go through a big battle you know you're tense you're excited you like by the skin of your teeth you make it you get the reward and it's like a faith and i'm like okay like i can't use this mm-hmm. and I, you know if i if i knew now no wait no then got it backwards if i knew then what i know now i think i probably would roll a faith character because a lot of the cool weapons use faith a lot of the cool spells use faith. And I know some people are like, no, no, no. Intelligence spellcraft is the best in the game, which 
I've had a good time with it. I'm not complaining, but it's just, it really sucks to see so many faith-based things that I just can't use. It's kind of bitter. Well, first off, when I originally was playing the game, I was telling you that I didn't like, and I still don't like the rewards in this game. Like I, even with, especially end game, like you're saying, like the end game, no, nothing I pick up will help me at this yeah, point. Same, nothing. nothing. Same, same. And it's all because I've upgraded my stuff to, you know, nth degree, uh, which by the way, I roll around with that a couple different like katana blades, ones that blood one, uh, rivers of blood or something. Sure, it's out. It's maxed out, and another you know katana is maxed out, and then I have all this extra stuff on it. Blood loss buildup, so they all hit for like two thousand or something crazy. So anything I get doesn't do me shit. And like you said, yeah, you beat like a really big boss. You want to feel good about yourself, and you're like, well, I guess I can feel good that I beat him, but yeah. I don't get anything. Secondly, what the f? This game is such an epic game. We spent so much time in it. We've beaten so many bosses. Give me one little fucking like UI interface that shows me the bosses I beat. Can you? You mean like a checklist? You yeah, mean? dude. I mean, I don't want like more like Ubisoft stuff, but I'm saying like I would like to keep track of what I've fucking done in this planet, and I can't even tell what I beat. I just like to see who I beat. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, the wife and I were going through some stuff today. We've been playing co-op for almost the entire game, and. We found uh, one boss and a cave that neither of us had ever found. And we found it just by like like random accident because I was looking up something on a wiki. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't have this bow. Do you have this bow? She's like, I don't have that bow. Where the fuck is it? So we like look it up and it's like this cave that we'd never found and this place we'd never been to. And I, dude, I'm over, like my wife is like at 225 hours and I'm something at like 205 hours. So like mm-hmm. it's not like we're just we're not crit pathing our fucking way through this game. Like we're trying to be real thorough. And even after all this time, there's still stuff we're missing. So it would be cool if there was an item like, you know, a lot of open world games do this where you get a special item or a secret item or you have to really a really expensive item. And it just is like, OK, here's all the locations on the map. Boom. If you want right. to do them, you know, and then maybe you'll have a little check mark because honestly, um, it's, it's it, like you're saying, it's really tough to remember what you've done, where you've been, where you haven't been. And on top of that, I would love. Uh, a quest mark, a quest list for all the side characters, like the NPCs and stuff. Not that you need to necessarily give me all the answers or anything, but at least like tell me who I've met because man, you could easily meet somebody at the beginning of the game and then not see that motherfucker for like a hundred hours, man. Like yeah. easily. Or you might not know where to go find that person either. Absolutely. Which Absolutely. again, we're saying is it's part of its charm. So like it's a double-edged sword because the openness and the no interface and the no Ubisoft stuff is great. But I feel like, that, yeah, a couple little light touches back in those kind of like checklists and stuff would be helpful. Well, you know, I'm actually writing a second opinion at Game Critics right now. That's going to be one of my big criticisms of the game is that the storytelling, I think, just absolutely does not work in this game. And part of it is because it's so open and it's so huge. Uh, you can go like like literally 100 hours between story beats for people. And like I just sometimes don't even remember who these people are. And I was looking through a wiki because I'm like, well, I'm sure I've missed something. Let me see what I'm what I've missed. And there was like characters I had never met. And I was almost like done with the entire game. And I'm like, I I get that. Like some people are like you're saying that's the experience. You met this person. You didn't meet this person. You helped them. You didn't help them. I get it. But like this is it's it's too big of an ask, man. Like what you're doing is just you're driving me to wiki because no one could ever realistically find these people or put these quests together. Well, let me show you and help. And this may be helpful for your article or whatever. But like I think the difference is. Uh, I always go back to Skyrim. It's just the easiest uh, example. In Skyrim, you could do a whole run and you know beat the game and never have met eight million people, right? Sure. Which sure. is great. 
but you would have had an idea what the fuck is going on, which means right. like you know where the main path was. You didn't have to do it. And you could do the main path like eight ways. You know, you could be a thief or whatever you could be. But then when you beat that last dragon or something, you're like, okay, well, that's that. And I get where the characters came together. And yeah, no, I didn't meet that one person elf and the blah, blah. But that's different. With this, it's all that. And like, I can't think of one thing about the story. And I played the game for 250 hours or something. I, I really, the only thing I can think of is like that one warrior woman who I helped and I like that storyline. Sure, Nefeli. Yeah. She, the, the, one of the very few people I can remember. Yeah, yes. and because I did like more than one thing with her and, and whatever. Mm. And I, by the way, I didn't put her to sleep because you could like put her to sleep, I guess, or something. I didn't do that. I didn't either, do that, no. yeah. Um, and I killed that motherfucker who asked me, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I killed him so hard dead. Uh, anyways, so like, yeah, there's like a few beats that I remember. But like I beat that game and I don't even know really what happened. Yeah, I, so. I would I would struggle to even explain the story. And I, I, I think it sucks because I, I feel like when you do get these side quests, because I mean, I, I am not embarrassed to admit I had to go to wiki because I couldn't find the people. I couldn't progress stories. There was a few characters. I really liked Millicent. I was really into her story. I wanted to finish her story and I just could not do it on my own. And it sucks because when you get these stories together and you see how they come together, like a lot of them are actually pretty cool. I think the characters are great. I liked a lot of them once I figured out where they were and how I could meet them again and what they needed me to do. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the game just this this from soft method of storytelling. I don't think it was entirely successful in previous Dark Souls games. I feel like it is absolutely no longer successful at all in Elden Ring. And I feel like they really need to like change it up because um, with the game being like 100 times bigger than anything they've ever done before. You just you just can't it just doesn't work. Right. So, like, for example, did you know and maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Did you know that sometimes you get dialogue options in your menu when you sit at one of the bonfires? Wait, I get dialogue options in my menu when I sit at the bonfire. You know, like when you you sit at one of these bonfires and you have like your menu and it's like uh, distribute flasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like level up like that menu. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get dialogue options there. Did you ever notice that? Never in 250 hours. hours. I didn't notice that ever and then somebody was like what about uh melina she's got a great story and i'm like who and they're like melina and i'm like i don't even know what you're talking about and then i got really close to the end of the game um and then all of a sudden out of the blue out of nowhere this lady appears out of nowhere at my campfire scared the shit out of me because this person appears and starts talking to you and i'm like ah who the fuck are you what is happening i'm like oh shit you're that lady at that i met 20 minutes into the game and that was literally 175 hours ago they'll give you the torrent they give you torrent yeah the lady gives you torrent yeah i hadn't seen her for like 150 175 hours and she's she shows up out of the blue scares the bejesus out of me and i'm like i don't remember your name i don't remember what we're doing do i do i really know you what's happening and come to find out if you had been an eagle-eyed player or if you'd read the wiki earlier than i did she's actually been with you the entire game and every time you get to a church there's a dialogue option that says talk to Melina. Oh. I never fucking noticed it. No, I, I have then. Yes. Okay, now you have noticed it, it then. But okay. I haven't done it every time. I remember I would see, yeah, I wouldn't know that that was there. But oh then every once in a while I did notice it and I did talk to her. But like the main time I remember is after I beat the fire giant, She, I think she actively shows yeah, up. Yeah, she actively that. shows up. That's where yeah. I found it too. And then people are like, what are you talking about? You can talk to her like 50 times. And I'm like, seriously? I never noticed it. And like in any other game, she would just show up every single time and talk to you. Like, and she only talks for like a minute. It's not like this giant dialogue thing. Yeah. Why hide that 
in the menu. I genuinely never noticed it. So it's like, that's a terrible way to tell a story. Having story beats that happen a hundred hours between each other is a terrible way to tell a story. Like hiding things in a place where you would never go. Like, you know, a lot of the story beats for me, because of the order that I played the game were in places that I had been, but because I had gone there earlier, there was nothing there. So then when I left, I had no reason to ever come back. So it's like, why would I have ever gone to like some random bonfire from 50 hours ago with no clue to ever go back there? Like, it's just, it's very frustrating. And I really don't like the way that it works because I like the characters and I wish I knew, you know, intuitively more about the story, but everything I know is just from a wiki or just from people telling me the story itself just did not come through in the game. Or for like a YouTube video. Cause I went back recently and saw a YouTube video. It was like, here's the lore of Elden Ring. Did you know? And I was like, no, I had no idea. Any of this shit. (laughs) That like the sword is actually part of that moon. I'm like, what? A moon sword? What? That sounds cool, but I have no idea. So, hundred yeah, percent yeah. with you on that. I will say this though, and while we're bringing it up, is that even with all that shit and our frustrations, like if I see anything on YouTube or a tweet from you that says like, "Hey, do you know this?" I go, "All right, turning it on. I gotta go find that thing." <laughs> I do the same thing. And then the other reason I'll say why I do that: one, because the world is cool and I like the combat. But secondly is me not having, I don't think I beat any Souls game up until this one. Um, And having like, it's like vitriol or like anger towards like the game and the enemies. So like if there's any enemy now that I don't know of, I'm like, oh, that thing has to die. Because I'm like, not only did I beat your fucking game from Soft, but I'm actually like actively beating any boss you put in front of me now. So it feels good. I'm like, I'm good. Basically, it's like revenge. Oh, man. It's, it's like revenge. Play, kind of. I am. Of. I think I am hate playing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever find this is random? Did you ever find I think it's called like the Illumi whip or Arumi whip or something like I that? I think I saw it. Maybe I have it. I don't use it, but it's in the Carrion Manor. Like you have to get it through this crazy, like go to the top and then drop off a ledge. And then there's like a rock. And then from that rock, go to the other rock and then drop down I this way. Remember. And it's behind this that. other thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. How did anybody ever fucking find that? That's bizarre to me. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of those things like, uh, well, even like the dragon that we're talking about. Um, yeah. What's his well, name? Yeah. yeah. He, you had to go through all this stuff and like sit in, t- sit in a, um, a crypt or whatever. And, and yeah, exactly. Which by the way, I love that animation when that happened, it was like, like time stopped and all of a sudden like the, the, the bridge came back together. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. And the other one was similar when you had to take that, um, coffin and get in it. And it goes over the river of blood or something. Yes. I was like, whoa. That, and th- these are these moments that are really cool. I'm like, wow, that's I, that's something I have to do right now. Or the other one that like takes you up in this, the air. Like you float in it. Do you ever go in that one? There's a coffin that you float in up into the air. I mean, maybe. I think I've, I think I've ridden all the coffins I know about. I don't recall that one. Mm. But maybe maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But yeah, it's tough to not go. It's tough to not go back to it when I see anything new. And so that's what I thought before we wrap up. We could talk about a few games that we've done that. Uh, like we've been doing for the Elden Ring, because Elden Ring played a million hours, but we still keep going back to it. What are well, I haven't games? finished quite yet. I know you finished. We talked about it, I think, last episode. Oh, you I haven't am... finished the game? No, no, no. I am on the very last. What I'm at, I'm at the second to the last boss right now. Which is uh, Ragadon? Godfrey. No, Godfrey. That guy fucking sucks so you, hard. You aren't to the second to last boss then. Are you sure? I yeah. thought this was the second to last boss. Godfrey is where? Where is Godfrey? He's he's after you he's after you do the black blade Malakath and then Landell gets vaporized yep. and it turns into like desert yep. and you go down there and you you kill the guy who was the guy 
Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't spoil it. But oh, yeah. He the used war to be your friend. Used to, yeah. He used to be your friend. He's no longer your friend. You kill that guy. And then you fight Godfrey, who's right by the Elden Throne. And he fights like a goddamn fucking pro wrestler. I'm like, what yeah. is this bullshit? Like, I kind of liked some of his animations, though. He does some really. Uh, have you got his second phase yet? Yes, I fucking yeah. hate it. I He's hate like, him. I'm a lion now or whatever. Um, the whole thing is just. I so hate that so is not the second to last boss. How much more is? I thought it was that guy, and then one more boss, and that was it. Is there more? There's there's a two there's two bosses at the end, so it's not one boss. And believe me, it's important that you know that because they're fucking impossible, and that's why I did that weird. I'm gonna yes. fly out into the middle of the ocean and be horse him. in the air in the ocean. Yeah. And stuff. yeah so there's two final bosses, and they both suck shit. Damn it. Okay, yeah, dude. Well, I had myself all psyched to do one dude, more boss. Dude, Godfrey's after this, not but... even. He's like kind of easy comparatively. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Sorry, I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. But anyway, regardless, I am right at the very tail end of this game, and I, you know, I just want to be really clear. I know I talked a lot about the story, the storytelling, which I think is garbage. But you know, this is a great game. I definitely. I mean, I, I don't, I don't put 200 hours into a game that I don't like or right. I don't think is good. This is a great game. I definitely got to be one of my favorite experiences mechanically. Of, of the year you know if not narratively but mechanically for sure and you know I'm, i've really enjoyed it i feel like it's time well spent i've combed through as much as i could i feel like it's been as, as thorough as possible uh but i am at a point now where i'm like okay i am now good i want to roll credits and i want to just reclaim my life a little bit because this has been eating up all my time um so i don't regret any of it i love this game i think it's great but i am now i am now content and I want to just get through these last couple of bosses, and I want to roll credits and move on. Is where I'm at right now. Um, keep telling yourself that. That's all I got to say because <laughs> I said that a while ago, and I'm jumping back in to beat some random boss that doesn't give me shit. Well, there's something about see. it though. There's something magical about it. I like the secrets. I like the weird shit. I like how I beat the boss, which is like a fuck, really fucked up way with a horse flying in the air. But like, yeah, this game is just twisted and weird, and I it's my favorite from self game because it is the most open and weird and different. Yeah. But I'm with you in the fact that I would would love a little bit more together narrative because it was yeah. something we spent so much time on. Um, it would be great if you if you could really enjoy the story as much as you enjoy the gameplay. That would be like a fucking amazing experience. So, well, but you know, on the plus side, I'm sure DLC is coming, right? And I feel like with previous DLCs, I think almost all the DLCs have told better stories than the main campaign. So maybe we can look forward to that. I'm sure they are going to be bringing something because this is. Why? No, I'm sorry. The only problem is that all the leaks are showing and proposing that the first DLC is just PvP. Don't we? We we have already too much PvP. We have as too it much is. PvP. As it There's is. too much PvP. They're what? like making a coliseum, and you're like going to go fight other people inside. I don't That's want any of that. Fuck. I that. know. So one of the. I mean, I, dude, we get invaded. I know. Probably this doesn't happen to you, and I realize my wife and I are having a very specialized experience because we play almost exclusively together all the time. We get invaded. Literally every three fucking minutes. Turn every... it off. Turn it off. Well, we can't. You can't turn it off you... because if you're playing co-op with a person, then you are open for, for invasion. No, you can do it. I did it with my friend the other day. You can do a special code. What is the special you code? You have to do I a special. In the, go in the multiplayer menu, and you put a special code, like 003 or whatever. Pick a number. And then she are you uses... about the password? Yeah, the password. It doesn't matter. We do that already, and then you still get invaded. Like It does not matter. There's got to be an option. I feel like we turn no. it off. There is no... No, you guys probably got lucky, because we get invaded every goddamn fucking 90 seconds, and I'm so fucking sick of it. I really need FromSoft oh. to fix this. And I realize not everybody has that experience, but if you play co-op, 
fuck, dude, you get invaded so yeah. goddamn much. It is so irritating. There has to be an offline co-op. There has to be an off. That's so stupid that think, there isn't. I don't think there is. It's fucking awful. That is awful. Yeah, I would. I would have like not finished the game if I had invaders. I I only went did invaders. I did some PvP when I felt like I wanted to. You know. Sure. But anyways. Sure. Okay. Well, before we leave, I just want to say. I have a list of a few games that I went back to as much as I went back to Elden Ring. Which was a lot. You went back to this a lot. Yeah, 200 plus hours. And so there are actually a few games that have done it. I made a list that it's about seven or eight games. So do you have a, you have a little list too? I mean, I think we're, I mean, I have a list of games that I've put a lot of time into, but I don't ever come back to games, but I have a list of, of games that I've put time into, Okay, but I don't come back to anything. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start us off and I'll explain my reasoning. So the okay. first one's obviously Witcher 3. Which we oh, yes. both oh, yes. have spent a lot of time in. Oh yeah, hundreds of hours. But that is also one like uh, Elden Ring. I'll speak for both of us. That we did go back to because there was like two or three DLCs. There are yeah, that is true. I did go back to that, and also I will say that I had to take. It's such a huge game, and I didn't want to skip any of it. That I did take a break in the middle, where I just I was like playing so much Witcher, I needed to take a break. So I put it down for like maybe two three months, and I came back to it. So I did. I, I technically came back to it, but I didn't finish it and come back to it i just like paused and came back to it and i definitely came back for the dlc for sure yeah so that's fair that's fair uh also skyrim i mean i mean i went back and played every single dlc they ever had i had a house at some point with a wife and kids i played the vampire dlc which was actually i think probably the best part of the game but i i did not come back to it okay uh cyberpunk also for me because that game if a patch comes out for it (laughs) 1.394 i'm like i'm back carlos is all over i'm back (laughs) Um, I also said Watch Dogs 2 because one of my favorite uh, Watch Dogs games and they had a bunch of DLC and even without the DLC they have such a good it's almost better than GTA for me the in the fact that the NPCs that are in the world are like kind of more believable Mm -hmm. and like remember I think I remember I told you on this maybe not on the podcast or not but in that game everybody has like little phone conversations like text messaging so they're really funny and like it's just fun to watch what everybody's doing in that world so I just kept jumping back into that world because I liked it so much. Uh, and Final Fantasy fifteen, I went back to a lot. I don't know how much you played it. Uh, not at all. Oh, you didn't play Final fifteen? Oh, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, I went to a ton. And then lastly, uh, Far Cry 6, because like, literally on this podcast, I would be like, there's a new something out. I'm, I'm, I'm back in. Uh, so anyways, that's my list of like, games I played a lot, but also went back to. What's your list of games you played a lot? I mean, since I don't come back to anything, I'm like a shark, man. I got to just keep moving forward or else, you know, just it's stagnant, you know. So I don't really come back to things. But there is an exception. So, like, you know, I mean, everybody knows I played Puzzle Quest. And I just actually, point of fact, I crossed day 3,000 of Puzzle Jeez. Quest. A couple. It was like last week. I'm like, day 3,000. So I don't know what that breaks down to in terms of years. What is it, six and a half years, eight years? I don't know how many years that is. It's a lot of years. Um, but every day for 3000 days. So that was, a, that's something that I've definitely put a lot of time. That's into. something you're going back to. That's for sure. Go back to it every single day. So that is definitely one I go back to. Um, you know, I will say that I went back to, uh, mass effect for all of the DLCs and there was actually a pretty significant amount of DLC. Mm. Uh, and that was one that I did every single thing. So I put a pretty large amount of time into it as for me anyway. Um, also, anything to do with Monster Hunter, like anytime they have a new DLC or any new expansion, I always come back for that. And Monster That's Hunter are, are large games. I mean, for me, when the wife and I sign up for Monster Hunter, we're like, okay, we're going to be doing this for like the next 500 hours probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's generally how much time we put in. So that that has panned out. But other than those, man, I don't think, I mean, I think the only other game that I've ever really put a lot of time into in the sense of like I really wanted to get everything out of it 
was probably like Shadow Hearts back on like PS1, PS2, maybe PS2. Um, that was a kind of a occult themed um, JRPG, and it was just so cool because I love the characters, I love the world, I love the story, and I really wanted to do like every single thing in that game. And so I did actually come back to that time and time again, trying to like figure out all of the secrets. Um, but that's a pretty rare circumstance for me. Outside of those games, any other game, I just like one and done, and I just move on because I just I just don't return to games that often. Yeah. Which, again, makes Elden Ring so special in that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll definitely come back for Elden Ring DLC for sure. And I'm sure that there will be. And, you know, the structure of the game is perfect because the world is so huge. They could just pop a new level in anywhere and it would be no problem whatsoever. And it could be a castle or it could be a cave or it could be whatever. And it would just fit right in. So I'm sure they're going to do something. I mean, the last uh, last Dark Souls games have all had DLC. So we can look forward to more, more continued adventures. I just my only ask of uh, the DLC is that in previous Dark Souls games, they have upped the difficulty of every DLC like too much. Mm. And I know that they really course corrected in Elden Ring where I feel like they gave you options. There were ways to mitigate the difficulty. You could play with ashes. You could play with another person. You could be a tank. You could be a mage. Like you had options. And so you could you could almost self-select the difficulty in some ways, right? So I hope that they don't get back into the get good thing and just like jack up the difficulty that they have done in the past. And it's been kind of miserable in the past. So I'm, I'm that's my one ask, like don't go crazy with the difficulty. If you keep it about where we're at right now, I think we're in a pretty good, we're in a pretty good space. So hopefully fingers crossed. That's where we're going to end up. I had to be, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's just my idea. So it's not a real thing, but I think the first DLC will be PVP and both you and I will stay away. I want nothing to do with yep. that. I think the second DLC will be, like, oh, you guys are like just sipping around the game and speed running it. Well, fuck you. Here's the hardest thing you've ever seen in your life. I, I, I think about it. They're watch, there's a there's a 14 minute or 15 minute speed run of the whole game. Yes, I've seen that. And yes. so when you get to that level, like the developers, I'm telling you, they're like, okay, fine. It's like a challenge, you know. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm I'm hate revenge playing it. So I'm here for it. I'll I'll fight your harder boss oh i just I'll, just don't develop to the fringe like keep what you <laughs> so did here gonna. was great do not design anything for the fringe players just keep it keep it in the middle of the road where we're at right now and i'll be happy let's guys. place a bet do you think i want to i want to make a bet right now we don't make okay. a bet on the show very much but um i'm guaranteeing that they're going to play for the fringe I'm sure they will. I, that's oh, a bet so that then, I'm going to lose. Okay. I absolutely we won't agree bet with then. you. <laughs> I mean, I, I bet that you're going to be right is what I'll bet because uh, I'm, I'm scared. I'm that's scared that's of what not how bets with. work. <laughs> I bet you're right. Okay, I, I think I will be right. Yeah, I, I win, win that bet. Yay, we both win. We Yay. both win the bet. Excellent. All right. I got nothing else to say about Elden Ring. What about you, Carlos? Nope, but just the Little Misfortunes, $20. It's not on sale, but $20, come on. I'm not going to pay $20. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, folks. That is a show. As always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up. SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. Also, you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? TikTok, baby. All uh, right. You want to give us your, your, your Addy? Yep. It's just my name. So Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A. And I'm on TikTok. And a new sketch goes up tonight which is this Saturday, so if this podcast maybe goes up tomorrow, Sunday, it'll be up and hopefully have lots of views because I want people to laugh. All right. Sounds excellent. Go give Carlos a watch and a follow on the TikTok. As for me, same as always, it's my name on Twitter, on Instagram, 
B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 282. Thank you all so much again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carl. So I got to go watch Ozark. And also play Pale and Ring. Son of a bitch. And we're back. Thank you all for listening past the closing music. This is the long promised uh, episode with my son. He's going to be talking about the Hello Neighbor 2 beta and also Orbit Industries. Sorry again for the tease last week. We didn't manage to get it in the can, but we are here now doing it and the promise is now fulfilled. So welcome back to the show, my son Whitaker. Hello. Hi. Uh, do, you, do you want me to just start talking about the games now? No, we'll warm up a little bit. I just wanted to throw a little curveball your way. How are you doing today, son? Oh, fine. What about you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for asking. I, I love being on the podcast and I love having you on the podcast. Do you like being here? Yeah, it's pretty fun. All right, cool. How are those chairs? Nice and cushy? Oh, yeah, they're fine. All right, good. Uh, how do you like the snack bar? There's no snack bar. Ah, shh. I'm not supposed to tell him that. Okay. Anyway, enough uh, bullshit. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. You played two games that I 100% absolutely did not want to play. Thank you very much for taking those out of my hands. Number one is the Hello Neighbor 2 beta. Now, I personally, full disclosure, can't stand Hello Neighbor, uh, but you love it, right? Yes, it's pretty good. So before we talk about the Hello Neighbor 2 beta, tell me, what do you like about Hello Neighbor? Why do you play that game? I mean, it's just fun running around the house and, like, getting different items. And it's just kind of fun making, blocking doors and stuff. I mean, that sounds like you in our house, running around our house, getting items and blocking doors. That's basically what you do here every day already. Rude. (laughs) Okay, so Hello Neighbor is a game that really gets on my nerves, but I know you enjoy it a lot. Let's talk about the Hello Neighbor 2 beta. Um, They sent us a code for the purpose of talking about here on this podcast, which we're doing right now. So... In a nutshell, can you tell us really briefly what is the point of the Hello Neighbor 2 beta and how is it different from the 42 other Hello Neighbor games? I mean, it's giving you a sneak peek of the next game, which is actually going to be incorporating more of an open world than the other games. What were, what were the other games? Uh, there was Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek, which explored more into the past. Uh, the first Hello Neighbor, which was you know the first Hello Neighbor. And, and were, these were not, they were not open world games though, were they? What kind of structure were they? Uh, the first game was your house and then the neighbor's house. And then if you walk down the street, there was no other houses you could visit. It was just like a solid, just like solid houses, nothing to check out. Other you couldn't explore those. them at all. It was just basically two contained environments. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is the big change. It's an open world. And so I watched you play a little bit of this. It seemed like a, you know, a map with like lots of buildings. It looked like, um. I don't know, like a couple houses, like some kind of a, I don't know, radio station or something or whatever it was. Um, so basically, what do you do? Like you start the game and then what is what is the point of being in this game? Uh, the point of being in this game is, like I said, getting a sneak peek of the new game. But I got to say that Tiny Build is not doing a super great job at the open world part of it right now. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. How? Okay, so I guess basically you're, uh, who are you in this game? Like you're a reporter or something like that? You are a reporter trying to um, basically find out what's going on with all the missing kids. If you had played the previous games, you could see missing kid posters with two kids. 
if you watched anything on the story, then you can see that it was two of the kids who lived in that town. Okay, so you're here trying to investigate what happened to these two missing kids. Okay, that's a, a fine enough place to start. Uh, but in terms of mechanics, uh, what is this game all about? Is It's the same kind of like exploring, first person, getting items. Like, Give us a little bit of a, a flavor about that. It has basically the same characteristic uh, like idea that it had in the first game, other than the fact that you could explore multiple areas and you don't have an enemy that's just the neighbor. So who is who are the other or you know people or enemies that you're looking at for? Obviously the neighbor, because it's called Hello Neighbor 2. I'm sure he makes a, a reappearance, but who else are you looking out for? Well, I mean, you're looking out for the cops because they obviously don't want you finding out anything that you aren't supposed to find out. As... Are the cops dirty in this game? No, they just don't want you finding anything right now. Okay, and then who else? Anybody else? I mean, yeah, there's the neighbor, and then there's the crow. Okay, and these are people, like, as you're exploring each little open world area, these people are, are, are after you, and if they catch you, what happens? Uh, then you just get reset to your last checkpoint. Okay, so I guess, uh, what do you think is good about it so far? Um, so far, not really anything so oh, far. Oh, snap. Nothing's good about it? I tried to play it. Uh, there's no brightness setting, so it was, I tried to explore a house's attic, and I literally couldn't see anything. Okay, I don't like games that are too dark, so I feel you there. I, but... also, I also fell through the floor when I was just trying to go up some stairs. Uh, I accidentally threw an important item, and it didn't respawn, so. Oh, so you accidentally got rid of something that you really needed and couldn't get it back. Okay. I had to restart the game and start a new game because it wouldn't respawn. All right. Well, they're still in beta, right? Which is, you know, obviously an unfinished product. I mean, uh, I'm sure that they're going to polish it up. I don't think the game comes out until fall. I think December, maybe? December. December. So there's a lot of time between now and then for them to, to polish it up. What would you like to see the Hello Neighbor 2 developers fix between now and December? The number one thing, add a brightness setting. Okay. Um, for number two, maybe make it a little less hard to glitch through the floor. Number three, um, the base animation pose when you're starting to make animations. I like the T pose, but keep the pose that it originally has because it looks awesome. Wait, 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 wait. What are you, wait, you lost me there. What are we talking about? Animation? Okay, so you know the original, the pose where you're going to make something like an animation. Are you talking like if an if a game developer is making a character in an animation program? Yeah. Okay. And when you look in your shadow, when you're not holding anything, you have that base pose. Like because... a T pose, like a character standing still with their arms straight out? No, it was more like an A pose, but I think that they should keep that. It looks Oh, funny. okay. So what you're saying is like you see your character but the shadow doesn't match what your character's doing? No, it does not. And you think that's funny? Yeah, I think they should keep that in the game. It's pretty good. Okay. All right. So okay, so there's definitely some stuff to tweak. Um when the final game comes out, do you feel like you're going to like get into it and play it or you feel like maybe this early sneak peek has been enough for you? Oh yeah, I'll probably play it once on all of those things that have been worked out of it, you know or worked out of it okay that's fair that's fair okay so that is uh the hello neighbor 2 beta would you recommend um hello neighbor fans get into it now or do you think they should wait uh i think you should wait till it comes out i i don't think it's anywhere near being ready to actually start playing okay so a little too little too early then okay that makes that makes perfect sense that's fair now, the other game that we're going to talk about really quickly was Orbit Industries. Um, I saw this one come through. I got a PR email about it. And 
it looked like some kind of game where you're building space stations, like some sim elements, maybe some management elements. Now, not my jam in the least, but I know that you're a big fan of Kerbal Space Program. Am I correct? Yes, I am. Yeah, you're like mega Kerbal Space uh, jam person. So that's great. That game is way too smart for me. I don't even know how to play that. But I know that you've done some pretty amazing things, building rockets and going into space and doing all sorts of missions and stuff. And I thought that this game, Orbit Industries, would kind of be up your alley. Uh, So I gave you the code. And thanks to the uh, publishers for giving us the code. Um, What have you thought of Orbit Industries? Number one, I guess tell us briefly what is it about. And then tell us what you think of it. Um, so basically, it's like Kerbal Space Program, except you're not actually launching things, you're just building a space station. There are missions that you can do, and there are also just free builds where you can build a rock, or not a rocket, a space station as large as you want. Like a creative mode? And so there's like a mission mode and then a creative mode? Yeah. Okay. So like, so that's what you're doing. You're in space, and then you just get like parts and bits and bobs and you just put together a space station like what is the point of it just for fun or like what are the missions like uh one of the missions is get making an anti-gravity device uh that one's that one's interesting there are also other ones like colonization and like just trade routes and so you got to like build your station in a certain way to satisfy the requirements of whatever each mission is like have a certain number of people or have a certain number of trade routes or something, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, what do you think of it so far? I watched over your shoulder a little bit and I got to say it looked fun uh, because watching you put together space stations was pretty cool, but I got to say that I did not understand a lot of what was going on. Do you feel like it was as complicated as Kerbal less complicated more? Like, how do you feel like it stacks up? Doing so much in Kerbal Space Program, I actually have to say it is slightly more complicated and more demanding than Kerbal Space Program. Really? Orbit Industries is even more complicated than Kerbal. How are you how are you even functioning then? Because Kerbal wrecks my brain. How do you even how do you cope with this? Well, it's more demanding and really just the resources because for instance, you need to build this one piece of a module, but it requires this thing which you don't have, so you have to build three more modules that make that one piece but then you realize you need like two more pieces which require like six extra nodes of course of course. so it makes your space station look kind of crazy and it just really messes everything up so one other aspect of this that i actually was really surprised by is as i was watching you put your station together you often went to this like sub screen where it looked like you were designing like electrical wiring there was all these little circuit boards and like wires and i was like oh my god what is even happening right here so what is what is that mode all about okay so basically for any of your modules to work like the crew cabin or a solar panel it requires a wiring it requires like a wiring circuit so basically um each one of these circuits will be like the control node for your station. And if you plug these into the correct uh, resources, then they will turn on. If they do not have enough resources or have none of the selected resources, they will not work. That's pretty wild, dude, because I, you know, not only are you physically assembling a space station, but then when you went to the, the, the circuit screen, it was like red wires over here and green wires over here. And this one's connected to this node and this other thing went here. And it was like, pretty mind-blowing and i know um at first it maybe was kind of confusing but it seemed to me like you got the hang of it pretty quick 
Yeah, it's not super hard to learn once you start actually playing it. Like, all you have to do is just, like, mess around and creative with the wires and stuff, and you'll get it, the hang of it. Okay, so I guess overall, what are your final thoughts on Orbit Industries? You like it, you don't like it, it's good, it's not good. What's your What's your takeaway from this? I like Orbit Industries. I think people can start playing it now, unlike Hello Neighbor 2. Okay, and would you recommend it to people who like Kerbal Space Program? Yes, I would recommend this, although it might get boring fast for those people, as you can only do one space station. What do you mean by one space station? Uh, so when you make, when you start like a save, you can only make one space station, and then, you know, you can't build another space station on another planet, or like... Oh, so you gotta only have one build going at one time, and then if you want to do something new you have to what scrap that one and start over yeah you have to start a, a new save so you can't keep a whole like multiple stations going and jump between them. okay i know you do that in kerbal a lot i know you've always got like eight or nine things going at the same time so that makes sense but overall you really like it right yeah it's pretty good all right great um any final thoughts on either one of those games no i think i've gotten everything covered on them okay cool well i guess that brings this episode to a close thank you so much for being on the show again whiskey you're welcome all right well and that's it folks this is the end of the bonus episode there is nothing coming after here so feel free to bounce and special thanks to my son whitaker for being here and check out uh the hello neighbor 2 beta and also orbit industries and we'll see you next week on the so video games podcast bye bye